Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Caleb McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Hello and welcome in to episode 10, Recovery to Recovered podcast family. Man, it's hard to believe we are on episode 10 right now. Seems like yesterday we just launched um, and now we're on episode 10. I'm just pumped. I'm excited about today. I felt led by the Holy Spirit today to speak on a uh, issue and a topic that, that really is just at my core of who I am and how I preach and and uh, what it is, what message it is that the body that uh, the Lord's given me for the body of Christ, and that's to speak on identity. You know, I'm preaching a message today. I'm gonna share a message. I don't know. However, you want to look at it. Um, that I preach a lot when I go around evangelizing and in, in, in churches, and it's called "From Issues to Identity." And it's simply that the title says it all because Jesus wants to heal you of your of your issues. But if you don't know your identity in Christ Jesus, you know, the issue will return. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today on today's show. Uh, Hopefully um, I'll be able to get this word and release this word out uh, as quick as possible. And maybe we'll hit an hour, maybe we'll hit 10, 20 minutes. I'm going to be Holy Spirit led today. And uh, just come at this thing with you because we got to understand this in the body of Christ. Jesus is all about healing your issues, but he wants you to know who you are in him so that you can reflect him and that you can produce the fruit and produce uh, what it is that he wants you um, to have in your life and to do and to be and to accomplish in your life. Um, So uh, today I'm going to be reading from Luke 8, starting in verse 43. Most of us will know this story. It is the woman who is dealing with the issue of blood. And Luke, in Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 43, it says this, And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years. By the way, we're reading from the King James Version today. We're getting real holy up in here. Um, But it says, And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied Peter and they were, they were, that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee and sayest thou, who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody has touched me for watch this, for I perceive that power has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hit, she came trembling, falling down before him. And she declared unto him before all the people for what she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made the whole go in peace. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray for the next couple of moments that you would anoint my lips to preach and teach your word. God, help us to understand that you want to heal us of our issues but that we need to know our identity is found in you and that you have so much more for us 
than just being healed of our issues. You have destiny, you have purpose, you have calling for each and every individual under the sound of my voice today. God, we love you so much. We honor you. Help me, Lord, today. In Jesus' mighty name, I ask these things. Amen. And so, you know, when this message was born, I got to thinking about things and and how so many of us have issues, us in the body of Christ and in the church we talk about, you know, we have issues and nobody's perfect and all of those things and that God wants to heal us of our issues. Um, And when I think about the fact of some of our issues, I think some of them are there for a lack of knowledge when it comes to our identity in Christ and who we are and who we created us to be. Hear me out, body of Christ. I am all about identity and, and and teaching identity and knowing identity. We have to, in the body of Christ, know who we are in Christ Jesus. So do we have a good understanding of who we are? Do you know who you are in Christ? You see, once you get healed of your issues, you need to know your identity. If you get healed of your issues but don't know your identity, you'll listen to the world around you that says you're only what your past has produced. Amen? Because it's all that they've seen you do. It's truth to them. They don't know the way, the truth, and the life. So it's hard to hold them to the same standard that we know to be true as believers. And what we know to be true is that you are not what you once were, but you are what Christ has now made you. But the truth of the matter is, if you don't get born again and filled with the Spirit of God, you will continue to produce what you always have. There's nothing new on the inside of you, right, to produce anything different. You must be born again. Now watch this. I want you to pay attention. You see, the woman with the issue of blood, that wasn't who she was. It was a condition that she had. Oh, Jesus, I could preach that for a while. Let me repeat that. It was not who she was. It was a condition that she had. It had become her identity to everybody else around her. But that's not how God saw her. That's not how Jesus saw her. And I can prove that. Take a look at the text there. It says, Luke, the writer says, the woman with the issue of blood. And by the end of the story, when Jesus speaks to her, he calls her daughter. And he says, daughter. Your faith has made you whole. You know, the other thing I love about the woman with the issue of blood is that her issue had pushed her to the point of desperation to do something about it. Her issue had pushed her to the point of desperation to where she was willing to do something about it. And I don't know if you're listening to me right now and you're desperate, you've got issues, but let me tell you something right now that could be the greatest place that you'll ever be in your life. Because if you get desperate enough to want to do something about it, God can step into your situation and let your issue push you into a new identity. You see, your issue can push you to a new identity. I know mine sure did. You see, Jesus stops all of them in the crowd and says, wait, someone has touched me. I felt power come forth from me. The disciples turn around and look at Jesus like, wait, hold up. What do you mean? Somebody has touched you. Everybody's touching you. Look at this crowd around us. Everybody's bumping into you. Everybody's touching you. But can I tell you this evening, this morning, whatever time frame it is that you're listening to this app, that there was only one person desperate enough to touch him and power go forth. I wonder today if you're desperate enough to touch God and power to come forth from heaven 
into your situation. You see, we're still having this problem today. Too many people are touching Jesus, but no power has come forth. So many people touch him today, but aren't desperate enough or willing to hold on long enough for power to come forth. So many people have gotten in the proximity where transformation and change can happen, but that's as far as it goes. They want the benefits of Jesus. They want to see the miracles. They want the provision of Jesus. Hello, Jesus fed 5,000 people and they follow him to the other side of the lake. And and he says, what are y'all doing here? You only are coming because I fed you. You're not coming here for me. You're not coming here because you want me, because you want an encounter with me, because you want everlasting life. You're here for the provision, for the blessings that come with being in my vicinity and in my proximity. They want the benefits. They'll stick around so long. Some of them will even begin to speak the lingo of the faith. They hang around so long, but no real transforming power has went from Jesus to them. Unfortunately, I've begun to see this in the church today where people are getting close enough to to touching him, but aren't being transformed and walking in their new identity and power, which is only found in Christ Jesus. That's why I wanted to have this little conversation today, because I've come to tell you who you are today. If you know who you are, I've come to remind you. If you've forgotten who you are, I've come to tell you. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, give me just a couple of minutes. I'm going to read a few scriptures here to establish some identity. First in John 3, 5 through 6, John, uh, Jesus answered and said, Truly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. First Peter 1, 23, For you have been born again out of seed that is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. First Peter 2, First. Uh, Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says, but you are a chosen race, hallelujah, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God and you have received mercy. You didn't receive mercy, but now you have received mercy. Praise God, that's worth getting excited about, amen. And so what I'm talking to you about today is identity. Those verses, they speak volumes to what it is that God says that you are and what it is that God says that you have and who it is that God says that you are. You see, you need to understand that Jesus is all about healing you of your issues. And when he does, it's time to start walking in the new identity that he has for you. You see, when he healed the woman with the issue of blood, she no longer became the woman with the issue of blood in town, but she became the woman who Jesus had healed in town. New identity. Come on, somebody. You see, when Jesus heals a drug dealing, drug addict, he's no longer the dope dealer in town, but the hope dealer in town. New identity. You see, when Jesus takes the homosexual and gives him a new identity and he gets born again and he becomes a son, he's no longer the gay child in town or in the family. But he becomes the person that God has set free in 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 that town and in that family. Amen. By the way, that was a condition he had or she had. It It is not and it wasn't who they are. When Jesus takes them and breathes on them and sets them apart, they're not the person in the community bound by homosexuality anymore, but they become the person of freedom. 
they become the person who got touched and healed by Jesus and has been given a new identity, not one that is given out by some doctor with a surgery. But it's handed out by the spirit of the living God. If you want an example of that, go check out my brother Jeffrey McCall. You can look him up on Instagram, Facebook. He's got a ministry called the Freedom March and an organization called Freedom March. And they are an incredible people group who God has set free from the demonic spirit of homosexuality and has set them free and set them on a solid rock. And now they are going back in after them. Let me talk about that for just a second. My goodness, do you understand the issues and the things that God wants to deliver you from and God wants to heal you from? He usually sends you right back in after the deliverance takes place to go in after others. Ask Moses. He was raised up in the house of Pharaoh for 40 years until he left and then he was sent right back in after the children of Israel just like my brothers going right back into the homosexual community and watching those people set free he sent me right back into the addicted community to watch those people set free because we are testimonies to the power of God that you can be delivered from those things praise Jesus you see, when an introvert shy girl gets saved and born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, she's not the the introvert shy girl anymore, but she's becomes the girl who's bold as a lion at her high school professing Jesus and revival can break out in her hallways and in the locker rooms. That's called a new identity. I know a little boy who didn't even speak till he was three or four. And when he got to school, he was put in speech therapy classes and other kids would poke and make fun of him. But now I'm able to speak on platforms in front of hundreds at a time and not break a sweat or look into a camera that's on the 700 club and profess the gospel of Jesus Christ because of what God's done in my life. That ain't got anything to do with any ability that I had. I actually lack the ability to speak, but God with a new identity and a new DNA on the inside of me and a new spirit on the inside of me has given me the ability and power to now do what I do when in my natural power I could not do those things yeah Jesus wants to heal you of your issue but he wants to place a new identity on you after you're healed of the issue I didn't say any of those things to pat myself on the back. Trust me, I know my father loves me, but I did it to testify to the fact that when my God placed his DNA on the inside of me, I got a new identity. I got a new spirit, a new heart, a new mind and a new mouthpiece to preach the gospel. New identity. You might be sitting there thinking to yourself, Caleb, man, this sounds good and exciting and you're awful fired up, but how does this even happen? How does someone get to the point of this? And it's very simple, my friends, you get born again. Very, very simple, my friends, you get born again. Jesus said it in John 3, you want to enter paradise one day and have this new life, you must be born again. In order for something to be born, reproduction of some kind must take place. Can I tell you this evening that the word teaches that when the supernatural experience happens of being born again, the seed of God enters your heart and mind and you are made new. Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. How was he born? Supernaturally at the immaculate conception, born of the Spirit of God. This is what happens with us spiritually when we repent of our sins and call upon the name of the Lord. By the way, repent means change 
not saying I'm sorry and keep doing it. I won't get on that soapbox, but it means to change the way you think. The Greek word metanoia, change the way that you think about something so that you can change the way that you produce something. But hence, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So when this happens, those things that used to not bother you now do. Why? Because the Spirit has changed. Your spirit has changed. Your your way of thinking has changed. And let me drop this bomb on you while I'm at it. Your spiritual DNA has changed. That's right. When you get born again, a new spiritual DNA is placed on the inside of you. The DNA of the fallen man, Adam, is replaced with the DNA of Christ. Peter says it like this. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Your DNA has changed. And if your DNA has changed, your bloodline, your heritage, your inheritance, your status and your identity has changed. Today, if you're born again, you are a part of the bloodline of Jesus Christ, grafted and chosen in a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people who he has called out of darkness and into marvelous light, who were once not a people, but now are the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now you have. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited when I think about the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God, that that's what the word of God speaks over me, that that's my identity, that I'm not the old drug dealing, drug addict, cussing, ranting, raving, womanizer, but now I'm a chosen generation. I'm of a royal priesthood. God's placed his imperishable seed on the inside of me that can produce something different in my life than what I used to. Knowing that I was nothing and I didn't deserve anything, but he saved me. He didn't have to do anything with me, but he's decided to use me because I have a yes in my heart and he'll use you if you have a yes in your heart. What would happen to the world around you with a yes in your heart and knowing who you are in Christ? I'll tell you what would happen. Revival would break out around you and your lost loved ones would begin to get saved. People in your workplace or your school would begin to look at you and say something's different about Billy or something's different about Susie. And I don't know what it is, but I want it. Is anyone else out there underneath the sound of my voice excited about what God's done for you and where he's taken you out of? I can't hear your response, but I'm believing that you're praising and worshiping in the spirit right now, saying, God, I thank you for what it is that you have done for me. But you see, when your DNA and bloodline get switched over to that of Christ, you have access to all the traits that you might not have had before. Because watch this, when you get in through Jesus, your bloodline shifts from the curse and goes back to Abraham's seed. Suddenly, you might have the faith of Abraham. You might have the strength of Samson for your season. You might have the worship of David, which, by the way, is a key ingredient for victory. You might have, you have now, you have access to the wisdom of Solomon. You have access to the prophetic voice of of God like Ezekiel and the prophets, you are a part of a royal bloodline and as such you have an inheritance that far outweighs all the others. You haven't been given an inheritance of alcoholism and drug addiction. Come on somebody. You haven't been given the inheritance of broken homes and divorce. You have a new DNA. Stop receiving the report of you're just like your mama. You're just like your daddy. You'll never make it. You'll never amount to anything. You have a new DNA and a new identity if you've been born again of the spirit of God. By the way, that only applies if mom and dad wasn't living for Jesus. Amen. But you've been born. You've been given a bloodline strong enough to break generational curses. 
Philippians 3.20 says you're a citizen of heaven. So that means your DNA isn't even from here. Why do we look like the world? Oh boy, that'll preach. I'm not going to get on that soapbox either though. But I've been building you up and giving you a bunch of good stuff. And this is all good stuff, but I'm fixing to challenge you. Watch this. 1 John 3, 4 through 10. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. Be prepared. This is the toughest set of scriptures on on sin in your Bible. But it says here, everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. And in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin, because his seed abides in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. Y'all ever heard those preachers who are sin conscious? You know, they take that set of scriptures from first John that said, you know, well, if you say that you have no sin, you lie and you make God out to be a liar. What John is saying there, because by the way, he's the same one who wrote this a couple chapters later. What John is saying there is that if you say you have no need for the cross, if you say that you have never sinned in your life, that's when you make God out to be a liar. There's so many preachers and teachers out there who are so sin conscious. Well, you know, brother, you're always gonna gonna sin and you're waking up when you're sinning and brother, you're probably sinning right now when you're breathing. You know, preachers that are sin conscious like that guess what they will always produce sin because they're focused on sin more than they're focused on jesus help me lord but watch this with what we just read new dna means new behavior let me put let me put my teaching hat on for just a second and explain this because i want us to look at two parts of this but look at the two phrases you'll see a couple times practices sin and born of god Practices sin, born of God. And when we talk about being born again in a new identity after being healed of our issues, we've been talking about that, right? We've been talking about being born again in a new identity after being healed of our issues. The born again experience brings in a new nature, which in return should bring in new behavior. But new behavior cannot and will not begin if you don't know who you are. And if you're not sure if you've been born again, can I just tell you that this right here is the barometer to see if you have been? This is the measuring stick. Like, does your life match up to this set of scriptures? Not that you're perfect and never sin, but do you make a practice of sinning? Do you habitually sin as a way of life? According to one of my devotionals, Hidden Gems from the Greek by Rick Renner. Incredible devotional. I I encourage anybody to grab this thing. And I quote, watch this. If you broke down John 3, 6 in the Greek, it would be written out like this. He who abides in him does not go on continually, habitually sinning as a way of life. He who continually goes on routinely sinning as a way of life has not seen him, neither knows him. He breaks down 1 John 3, 9 in the Greek as this. Whoever is born of God cannot go on continually sinning. 
And then John tells us why. John writes, For his seed, God's seed, remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he's born of God. The word seed in the Greek is the word sperma. And yes, that is where we get the word sperm. According to this phenomenal verse, God placed his own seed on the inside of you the day that you gave your life to Christ. Just as the sperm of a human father carries the DNA of that father, God's seed, the word of God, Jesus, carries the life of God and the nature of God within it. When that divine seed was implanted on you, on the inside of you, it imparted the very nature of God himself to your spirit. I shared the verse earlier from 1 Peter. You have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed. Peter later goes on to talk more about this, stating we share in God's divine nature. I think I might start preaching here in a second. Because watch this. You see, the problem with Christians who struggle with sin is... You just don't know who your father is. Ah, you don't know what you've been born out of. You don't know your identity as a child of God. But if you ever get a revelation of who your daddy is and what he's done for you, sin won't seem so fun anymore. Sleeping around doesn't seem so fun anymore. Drugs and alcohol isn't fun anymore. Teenagers, if you're listening, rebellion isn't fun anymore. Some people under the sound of my voice, you might feel like you're an orphan, but I've come to tell someone this evening, this morning, whatever time it is that you're listening that you have a father in heaven and he loves you i come to tell somebody of your legacy this evening i've come to tell i've come to inform someone of your heritage that you didn't know about y'all got a family heirloom that's a fortune and you don't even know about it it's called eternity see this is where we've messed up in the church we've tried to just address and speak to the issue Instead of addressing the identity crisis going on on the inside of folks that's producing the issue. Jesus, help us. Let me repeat that because this is where we've messed up in the church. We have tried to speak to and speak against the issues that are being produced in people's lives instead of speaking to what's going on on the inside of them, speaking to the identity crisis going on on the inside of them that is producing the issue. How about instead of telling them what they already know they're doing, why don't we tell them who they are in Christ Jesus? Because Christians struggling with sin is just a lack of understanding your DNA makeup. It's a lack of understanding what your new nature is made of. Nobody's told you the power that's available on the inside of you. The sinner dealing with a lifestyle of sin just doesn't know the price that Jesus paid for them. Why don't we do our job and tell them? But what if we told them, I see what you're producing, but that that's not who you are. We just read a couple of verses up that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and that DNA is on the inside of you. So that means you can destroy the works of the devil, too. By the way, no one told me none of this stuff when I first got saved. Do you understand that? That you have Jesus, DNA, his heart, his spirit living on the inside of you. And that is strong enough to break this cycle. You need to know what you're born out of. You need to know that you have been given the power and the ability to overcome the flesh and to overcome sin. But why don't we let the Holy Spirit come in and do his job of convicting the world of sin. And we just do our job of discipleship and telling people who they are. 
identity. Why don't we begin to let them know the bloodline and the DNA that they're born out of? Because if a person shows up in our services and the Holy Spirit is here, God's already dealing with people on their sin. That's why it's important that the Holy Spirit has freedom to move in your church. We in the church can't get caught up in a program or an order of service because if we're in control of the service, guess who isn't? We need to share with people. That's not who you are. I see you struggling with addiction, but that's not that's not who you are. I see you struggling with the wandering eye, but that's not who you are. God's given you power over the flesh. I see you struggling with pride, but that's not who you are. I see your struggle, but that's not who you are. I see your issue, but that's not who you are. Do you think it's an accident that in the toughest verses in the Bible when talking about sin that he mentions being born again here? Because I don't. Because when he does this, it automatically shifts the conversation to identity. What he is saying is if you get born again and know who you are, you won't make a practice of sinning. Because you'll know who you are and you'll know whose you are. And if you know who you are, you'll know the power that you have been given to overcome the flesh and sin. You know, I hope these breakdowns help you understand what the word is trying to say. And what the word is trying to say is that if you have an authentic encounter with Jesus and you have been born again of the seed of the father, you do not make a practice of sinning. You do not routinely and habitually do things against the born again nature that God has given you. He is saying you can't cannot go on continually sinning because this thing that has been birthed on the inside of you begins to change things. The simple truth to this is that some of us have simply forgotten who we are. Some of us in the body of Christ, if we're producing things that's not after God's own heart, it's simple, guys. You've forgotten who you are. I would say most of us listening to today's show would say that we've seen the new movie, Lion King, or even the old movie, because by the way, they're the exact same. So I guess if you haven't seen it, I just ruined it for you. But if you've seen it, you'll remember this scene from the movie. Simba the Lion Prince gets involved in an accident with with his father and his enemy, right? Uncle Scar convinces him it's his fault. He condemns him and he shames him and tells him, run from the kingdom and never come back. Don't that sound familiar? So Simba runs away. But Rafiki, anybody remember that crazy monkey? My goodness. By the way, he represents the Holy Spirit in this story. But he he finds out that Simba's alive and he goes to him and Simba doesn't recognize him. But the monkey says, your father Mufasa is alive. Come and follow me and I'll take you to him. Simba follows him and he takes him to the river. My, my, don't that sound familiar? He says, look in the water and tell me what you see. He looks and he sees. He says, I see nothing. He says, look again. And he does. All of a sudden, the reflection in the water turns into his father. Rafiki says he has been there with you the whole time. He's on the inside of you. Keep in mind, Simba is in the middle of a jungle far from home. 
not living like how a lion should. He's eating bugs out of the dirt, hanging out with Timon and Pumbaa for crying out loud. Watch this. Not being the king that he was created to be, but his father the whole time was on the inside of him. My, my, my. To the person who doesn't know your Heavenly Father this morning or evening or whatever time it is that you're listening to this and you're lost, I'm here to tell you He's here and He wants to impart that supernatural seed that we've been talking about into your heart where you can be born again and be given a new identity to the Christian who has forgotten who you are in Christ. Let me speak to you today. Let me encourage you today and say... That he's still with you. That God will never leave you. That God will never forsake you to the Christian who's forgotten who you are in Christ. And you're battling sin or addiction or some tough circumstance. I've come to remind you your father is in you. You have the DNA of a winner. And this thing that's been whooping you after today will no more. Because you know who you are in Christ Jesus. If you don't know this one named Jesus and you want to be born again and filled with the Spirit of God, I want you to pray with me here in just a second. We're going to pray. If you're a Christian and you're listening to this today, but you've been struggling with your identity and who you are in Christ Jesus, we're going to pray. We're about to pray right now, and I want you to pray and cry out to God. If you're either one of those two people, the Christian who's struggling with sin, who's forgotten who you are in Christ Jesus, or if you're the person that doesn't know Christ Jesus, listening to this podcast today, today is your day for a new DNA and a new spirit and a new heart and a new mind to come upon you. For the person who wants to receive Christ right now, I ask that you would repeat this prayer over, uh, after me right now. I want you to say, Heavenly Father, I believe in you. God, I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. I believe that Jesus was the son of the living God and that he cru- was crucified, buried in a tomb for my sins and that he rose on the third day. I repent of my sins and I repent of my lifestyle and I give my life unto you, Jesus. Today's the day. Let the supernatural seed of God hit my life and let me have the born again experience right now. For the Christian who's struggling with sin and not and a lack of identity. Let me tell you, if you're a Christian struggling with sin right now, it's a lack of identity. You don't know who you are. You don't know the power that's available on the inside of you to overcome the flesh. But I came to tell you today that God will empower you to walk in this new identity. You just need to know it. So I want you to pray with this prayer with me as well. Father, I repent. Father, I repent of the things that I've been doing in my life. Father, I'm sorry. Change the way that I think about these things and empower me and show me the way. Show me my new identity in Christ Jesus. Place that identity on the inside of me. Let me know. Help me to know and be 
that royal priesthood, that that holy nation, that holy generation, God. Fill me with your power, spirit, and anointing to overcome the flesh. Help me to walk in the spirit that I will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Father, I love you, and I thank you for what you're about to do in my life. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Wow. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. Uh, I believe that you probably feel the Holy Ghost wherever it is that you're listening to the show today. Wow, so incredible. You can get healed of your issues, folks, but Jesus wants you to know who your identity is found in so that your life can reflect him and so that you can look like him. Incredible, incredible. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate, subscribe to the show. You can follow uh, me on Instagram, Pastor Caleb Mack. And uh, you can listen to the show on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Thank you for tuning in to episode 10 today. We're so grateful for you and listening to the podcast show. And we're believing that God is going to continue to use this show and continue to uh, use it um, to help bless you in your life. Help help you get revelation and knowledge in the word and, and, and revelation and knowledge in Jesus Christ. That is our ultimate goal. And we thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to episode 10. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.